Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, let me ask you a question. Was your stepdad's reaction to the Dallas Cowboys similar to Stephen A. Smith's reaction? Or what, what kind of what kind of um what kind of things were broken, what kind of things were thrown around, and and or what things were lost in the in the I wouldn't even call it rage, just the the un undenying and deep sadness of the reality of being a Cowboys fan after another exit from the playoffs. These days I actively avoid Stephen A. Smith's reaction to anything, uh, so I can't really compare it to that. Um, but, uh, no, it, it wasn't good, and uh, and I try not to, you know, it, it, I want to be there for him, but also... I had to rein in my own frustration, you know, because, uh, you know, it's it's bad for the Packer fans. It's also bad for me as a Vikings fan to see a seventh seed Packers just dominate a number two seed the way that they did. I mean, that that was ugly. That was just I mean, that was, you know, I'll put it this way. Dallas has a strong reputation these days for choking in the playoffs. And that's the worst one yet. It was bad. It was so bad. And they've been so dominant. It's the first game they've lost this year at home. And they just, they just got pushed around for four quarters. They came back in garbage time. The game is worse than the final score. I mean, it's just, just, oh, Oh, Rob, we got to start with that one. Oh, well, you know, I guess my question is: is how can that team be America's team if they're literally they're they're four and thirteen um, in the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl in '95? So, like, they're they could just be America's losers, or if you're saying America is a bunch of losers, which I don't know, a lot of people can argue with. At this point, considering uh, the reputation of our country over the last like 30 years, but uh, coincidentally, it falls in the same timeline of the Dallas Cowboys being complete trash. However, um, why you know they're just shoved down our throats in the media, and they win nothing. They literally win nothing, and when they have a stage like this in the playoffs to do anything, um, they just take a big fat dump in their pants. You know, um, yeah. Dak was terrible. I don't know if you saw the. Did you watch the game, by the way, or like parts of the I, game uh, by chance? I really or hear about know, it. I, I wanted to go watch that game at a local Vikings bar just to see the Packers get pushed around because I thought that they would. And the game started before I could get out the door, and it was so bad, so quick. That I ne- I I never went. I didn't want to. I didn't want to watch that with with fellow Vikings fans. It was just ugly. Um, uh, you know, I, I I caught bits and pieces of it here and there. I definitely never actually tuned in uh, to the game for any length of time. It was it was it was so bad. Well, well, here's the thing too. There was a. Um like a storyline in the game between Dak and CeeDee Lamb. And CeeDee Lamb and him got in. There was something that was going on. I don't know if they got into it. I don't know if something happened prior to the game. But their body language, talking to one another, was and just being around one another, was like completely flat and super distant. It was very strange. Um, and then if you watch the game, CeeDee Lamb's playing at like half speed. Dak's overthrowing him, underthrowing him, just – and he was bad in general, but I think that added to the whole, you know, just whatever happened, it added to just that whole mood and the energy in that team and the way they played. It was, they were off, man. They were, off. I've never seen a team like that before in the playoffs being that off. Well, and, um, and that's pretty bizarre. You know what I mean? You, it was weird. You end up the two seed the way they did by just having a great season and then. How can you be Great anything home. other than motivated and dialed in when you get to the playoffs? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Can't figure it out, man. It was a weird game. Um, 
Credit to Green Bay. Played an excellent game. Oh, and yeah. Jordan Green Love. Bay, they played great. Wow. I mean, it, it, it physically hurts to admit the truth. They played really well. They look right. really good. They've got a bright future, and I can't believe a seventh seed is going to give a one seed a run for their money, but I think they will. I think that's going to be a good game against the Niners, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, I don't want to move on from this just yet, because uh, <laughs> as much as I can pity the, uh, the Cowboy fans that I know personally, I... I can't believe we, we we have our first ever seventh seed advance, and they didn't just win; they dominated the two seed, um, which makes it a lot harder to argue that that adding seventh seeds were a mistake. You know, um, this could be a fluke; this could be the only one. But Dallas let it happen. Dang it! <laughs> Well, let's talk about the games in general, man. I mean, that's what this podcast is called, right? NFL and NFL game discussion in general. That's right. It was, <laughs> it was a um, well. I mentioned it sort of briefly last week. How disappointed I've been into the playoffs and the Super Wild Card Weekend um, since it started. I, I guess if you want to call it that, I don't know if it was always called that, but it's I, at least since we've been covering, it, it's been called Super Wild Card Weekend. But um, a bunch of blowouts, seven games. Six blowouts. That's what it was. Yeah. None of those games were even close, except for L.A. and Detroit, and that was an excellent game. Um, oh, it was. That was I mean, probably my favorite game of the weekend. Um, no question. Uh, partly because I, I could get behind either one of those teams going on to the divisional round. Um, I love both storylines, you know, the teams that traded quarterbacks. I've always been a big Stafford fan. Uh, it's fun to see – a team that has been as bad as Detroit has been the last 30 years, right the ship and find a little postseason success. Uh, so, so for me, there was no bad outcome there, and it was a good game. It was a good game. The, and you're right, the others were so one-sided. Um, you know, Tampa-Philadelphia was still a one-score game at halftime, but, man, it was pretty ugly after that. Just, just all Tampa. So what do you make of this format, I guess, is my question. You know, considering what the quality of games we're getting, you know, I mean, is the format conducive to a, like, just a, an, an entertain? I mean, I would settle with entertaining, but at the end of the day, I want good football, you know. Uh, so let's just call it for what it is. Is the format conducive to any sort of future good football weekend, quote-unquote, or are we going to be stuck with, you know, 90% of the games being blowouts and hardly competitive, and I have to watch Jalen Hurts with like a broken hand completely bomb, and Philadelphia can't tackle worth a damn. Oh, you know, you know was, what I mean? Like, that was some of the worst tackling I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, is I that was what definitely I definitely tuned into that one, and God, that was bad. So, is this what I have to look forward to every year, Trevor? <laughs> is that what you're telling me? It, 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 Six so, of the seven I mean, games sucking. It feels fluky to me. Um, yeah. Uh, it's been a weird season for the entire league when it comes to injuries. Um, you know, last year, you know, uh, Miami couldn't keep Tua healthy. This year, they fixed that. They couldn't keep anybody else healthy. Um, so that was kind of a predictable. I mean, I didn't predict it. Uh, I'm, I'm too much of an optimist. But uh, in hindsight, it, no one should be surprised that on the road in you know negative 20-degree wind chill or whatever it was, uh, fourth coldest playoff game on record, that a defense that was pulling linebackers out of retirement got pushed around on the road by, by uh, the defending world champs. Um, Philadelphia, I, I really thought they'd get it right for the playoffs. I don't know what their excuse is, uh, but it was par for the course for the, uh, for the last, uh, what they went like, like one in six in their last seven games this year. Uh, just terrible. The wheels have fallen off there. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. They, they did get, 
I mean, it was a blowout by the end. Uh, and I give a lot of credit to Houston for that. They've been playing, you know, they, they've been good all season. And they got better at just the right time. Um, and, uh, and Cleveland, you know, Kevin Stefanski, a big fan, uh, he did the best he could. I think he's got like, it's like the only team to ever make the playoffs that started four different quarterbacks during the regular season, I think is the stat there. Um, just uh just couldn't get it done. Um Pittsburgh I mean if you want to make that argument that the 7th seed doesn't belong, Pittsburgh was one of those teams. Um and they also were with a backup quarterback who have multiple backup quarterbacks in the playoffs. That's 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 this wild card weekend in a nutshell right there. Um but I mean, I, you can't just put it on them being a seventh seed anymore. Look at what Green Bay did. So I don't know. It, it's kind of uh, it feels fluky. Uh, time will tell. Just what the you know we're, we're what in the third or fourth year of this seventh seed format. I think it's the third year. Yeah. Uh, so yep, far, third year. Yeah. So far, these. With the exception of the, gosh, I hate calling the Green Bay exceptional, but they are. They they certainly have been this year. With the exception of Green Bay, the seventh seed format doesn't look good. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't like I, to admit that either because I'm I'm a, always a believer in the Cinderella story and you know single elimination football. Anybody can you know get on a run, even a seventh seed, and go all the way. And and now. Uh, Green Bay, the team I struggle to uh, to put up with year in and year out. They just they've got the best shot at at doing it. It's like the only team I can't want to find that seventh seed success. <laughs> totally. No, I mean I I just you know if you're gonna make me you Trevor are gonna make me like Clockwork Orange watch all these games. <laughs> every yes. every wild card weekend, you know what I mean, and they're gonna suck this bad, dude. You know, like I I don't know. I I I I'm trying to remember a time back when you know I first started watching football in like the mid '90s. Granted, I was little, you know, and I feel like wild card weekend, despite it being sort of a similar feeling. Like it is now with like seven teams, fourteen teams, right? Where it's like, well, this is like too many teams. Even back then, it was like twelve, which still felt like a lot, you know. Um, was it twelve? It was twelve. Yeah, that still felt like a lot. But you had two buys, right? You had the the first six, you got a buy, and then you would basically have what four games in wild card weekend, and then four in divisional, and then two, and that felt right, you know. And maybe I sound like a guy yelling at the clouds here, like Abe Simpson, you know. But um, once this changed, you know, and it went to the three seed playing, the second seed playing wildcard weekend, and now it's super wildcard weekend on the seventh seed, it sucks. It just sucks. Like, most of the games suck. All of them are blowouts. And, and at this point, you said, you know, it's bad when you have a lot, like a quarter or a third of your teams are sporting backup quarterbacks. <laughs> I don't want that kind of quality of football on this week on playoff weekend. I don't I mean, and, and you can't like, yes, yeah, some of it is fluky. Like the Cowboys, you can't expect them to be terrible at home. They haven't been all season, but they were, you oh, know, man. Um, and, it, bad. and if, and if I really keep watching the Cowboys and they might as well just move them down to, you know, friggin' go play with Alabama. But you know, it's, uh, it's not good football, man. <laughs> it's just not and and the NFL doesn't give a crap because because of money. And people are going to watch it. And you you jerks are going to watch this football. You oh, sit on your ass, you're going to watch the football and you're going to ruin the whole thing for many, me. <laughs> how many people got trial subscriptions to Peacock and then uh as soon as that game was over, it went right into and this is not a plug, this is just my honest take. Uh the first season of Ted, hilarious. I, I finished it by Tuesday. Um, 
So congratulations, NFL, NBC. Your plan worked because uh, I logged back into Peacock every day for four days until I finished that first season. It was hilarious, um, but enough said about that. Um, but it, it, it's, my point is it is all about getting as much money out of the fan base as they can. Yeah, they just suck us dry, and then they expect us to pay money for a <laughs> a like a streaming service, which is it's decent. It's it's like cheap. Well, it's like five to ten dollars a month if you're a student. You get it for dollar ninety nine a month. I mean, you know, it's it's cheap. You know, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad, but like, yeah, the NFL they know what they're doing. They know how to print money. They know how to run the league like crap, but they know how to print money as well. Oh yeah, you know. And um, I just I can't get with this Super Wild Card weekend. We talked about it last week. I can't get with it. You got two Monday football games because Buffalo oh, we, moved it. Which we we, we can do a whole podcast on that. I, re- I but, remember last year. You know, uh, you had the yeah. same take, and I was I was Mister Optimist. Like, oh yeah, I like the idea of a seventh seed. I like the idea of an even longer shot having a chance to go all the way. Uh, and I I can admit that. The fact that Green Bay is the team taking advantage of that definitely has an effect on my opinion. I do not like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and excuse me, um, it it just produces bad football. That's what we got. We got bad football. We got it. We've gotten it for three years in a row, and and it won't stop. <laughs> That's the worst. we're going to get an eight seed. There's no question. There's absolutely no question. It's going to be expanded into like some playing round, you know. And if it was me and I was commissioner of the football world, I would make it so the first and second worst team in the league had to play for the number one overall pick, like the week between the Super Bowl or something. Oh, now that's going to give me another game idea, like a loser. I'm telling you to decide the draft. Yeah, I like it. Give me that. Give me that. Give me the worst four teams. See if they play for it. See what they get. I don't even care if the players don't want to play. Put out some scrubs. Put out some guys that are coming from the AAF or XFL, USFL. See what happens. That's what I'm talking about. You know? What about like a Legends game? You know, let's kick off Wild Card Weekend with Gronkowski and like Brady throwing TDs. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Randall Cunningham, you know, 70 years old, dropping back to pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Randy Moss coming out of retirement. That's that's what I want. I, I don't need to see any more of these bad football games. They're not good teams. They're, they're not. I mean, Dallas is a bad team. They are. Couldn't win a game on the road. Couldn't beat a winning team. You know? Um, Pittsburgh sucks. <laughs> TJ Watt was hurt. We decided last week they suck. Yep. I mean, Miami couldn't yeah. win a game on the road. They can't beat a good team. And Cleveland's yeah. got Joe Flacco. I mean, come on, man. Jeez. Give me a break with these matchups. We tried last week. We did. Okay? I'm back. I got a lot of... I'm pissed off. <laughs> there it is. I'm mad. I had to watch this crap. You know, I'm hoping it's better this weekend. But we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I'm there too. Yeah. So, so anyway. Let's turn the gears here a little bit. Two, two things we got to talk about. One, Bill Belichick's out there, you know, taking interviews um, in Atlanta this week. Uh, Jim Harbaugh took a took an interview in Atlanta. Um, Trevor, if you were GM or owner, which which head coach would you prefer? Would you prefer to hire Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? You know that is a tougher choice when I think about it for a little while. My my gut and my ultimate decision is probably Harbaugh, uh, just because uh, I feel like Harbaugh's got a few more teeth left in his mouth. Um, I just think uh I think Belichick is a a bridge coach. Um not that he's not good enough to find the ultimate success for the right team. I just don't think he's going to do it for two three years more tops, you know. Um so he's not a long-term solution is what I feel. Uh, and that's what you're always looking for with general manager, head coach, quarterback, is you want to get somebody in that can be good for the long haul. Um, 
because it's even even with even with a great GM coach and quarterback, you still have to figure out the rest. Um, some teams have those in place for for a decade and never crack the code. Um, but uh, but that is where you start. That's what you got to start with. Um, so so Harbaugh, um, but uh, you know Har- Harbaugh is an attractive option, but. Uh, you know, he's got, I I don't think he's the answer that, that some teams think he's going to be. Um, I think in your immediate, like in the, if, if you're just looking for success over the next two seasons, I think I go Belichick. Yeah. 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 I think either one is a similar situation. Like you have to bring him in. The team has to be ready to go, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. And so I, <laughs> so let me ask you this, right? If you're the Chargers or the Atlanta Falcons, because they interviewed both guys this week, right? Are either of those teams appealing to you if you're Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh? Or are you just looking for a job? You point? know, I, where, where do we know? So I could get excited about either roster, um, but I give a huge edge to uh to the chargers uh because they have the most important piece in place i i'm still a believer uh in uh justin herbert um i think he's tough i think he's talented i think he's smart um i think with the right leadership and the right coaching he can be the leader that they need their quarterback to be um atlanta has some really good pieces in place, but as far as I've seen, they don't have that crucial piece in place. So, uh, so for me, it really does come down to one team has what I think could be, and, and in my opinion, likely is a franchise caliber quarterback and one team doesn't. Um, now I think, I think the, uh, Falcons have, you know, when it comes to the rest of the skill positions, they're a younger group of talented guys um, in in San Diego. Sorry, in uh, L.A. Uh, that that really great roster is is getting a little old. You're gonna have to replace guys like Keenan Allen. Um, but uh, in Atlanta, when it comes to you know Kyle Pitts, Bijan Robinson, and uh, and others who I can't think of right now, like they've got they've got that in place but they are still looking for the guy under center. So which one would you, uh, which one would you pick? Oh, if I was a head coach, I'd pick LA and I don't even like LA. Okay. Uh, I mean, right. as a, like, like I've been to LA, I'm not dying to go back. I've never been to Atlanta. Um, but, uh, but when it comes to those rosters, um, yeah, I, I, it's an easy choice for me. I'm going chargers. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm right there with you. To answer my own question, I'd probably take Harbaugh. Um, I just I mentioned it last week the defensive head coach mindset. I I don't know how that helps Justin Herbert, you know, right? Like him and Belichick, and I, I at the very least if okay if Harbaugh if you take Harbaugh at the very least Harbaugh was a quarterback in the NFL, you know. Right. And he went. He he went to the playoffs, and he's gritty. He's a good leader. I think that's just a better situation for him in in Los Angeles. And they have a high draft pick, and um, they can turn that into some capital. They got some cap space. They got Khalil, Khalil Mack. I mean, uh, even if they're, a lot of these guys are aging, I mean, like Joey Bosa. You know, but they still got Derwin James. They got Mike Williams. They got that tight end that they like, like Parham. They got Quentin Johnson, who can't catch anything, but. You know, it's um, it's just a, it seems like a better situation. And for Belichick, I I don't know it's a good fit for him. I thought Dallas would be, um, but you know they had to bring Mike McCarthy's big butt back. Yep. Nice here, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, I mean, Dallas be Dallasin, right? Oh my god! And yeah, I, so I it, it's a weird situation, man. Maybe he goes to Washington. Belichick and Washington. Or Philadelphia. Uh, Julian Edelman said Philadelphia today. 
his man. choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Belichick uh, no, back it, in the East Coast. It's mm. uh that that's that's a little hard to you're talking about Belichick coaching Washington? Is that, is that or Philadelphia? That? Yeah. Or did Philadelphia let go of uh yeah. Sirianni? No, um no, but that you never know. But you never know. Yeah. No, you're you right. never know. Uh I mean, gosh, it, it it you know eight weeks ago it would be so hard to imagine that Philadelphia finished the way they did and that that Sirianni could be on the hot seat, but it was that bad the the last, you know, seven, eight games. Um gosh, it was bad. So yeah, uh it's not impossible. But uh but Belichick as an Eagles head coach, that's just I don't know why. Maybe it's because that was one of the last teams to uh to beat him in the Super Bowl. That 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 just seems so wrong to me. Um but man, it uh that or maybe it's because they've got a notoriously, you know, terrible fan base and it would just almost be too perfect of a fit to have such a let's call him a curmudgeon at uh at head coach. Man. But it is the ultimate soap opera, so who knows? Sure is. Well, I'll tell you what, we saw speculation, but this thing was guaranteed this week. We'll leave some time for the game, so we don't have a lot of time to talk about this. But, um, Well, the 15th, the 15th head coach in Patriots history was introduced yesterday. Gerard Mayo was officially hired as head coach of the England Patriots. Um, to a, a strange press conference, I guess you could say, him taking shots at Bill Belichick, uh, Robert Kraft doing the same, Jonathan Kraft not being present at the uh, press conference due to matters having to do with the paper company, um, and a senior VP of NFL of football operations being uh, named yesterday for the New England Patriots franchise who has no football experience. I don't know if you knew that. That happened too. Um, look, man, I know you're not in the Patriots loop like I am, Trevor. However, um, I, maybe this will be a better take then, maybe a little more objective. Um, and I know you don't know all these hires probably as well as I do just because of not being the Patriots loop, but let me just get a casual, objective sort of take on this. What do you make of all this stuff? First off, let's start with Gerard Mayo being hired and his – I know you didn't see the comments he said about Bill Belichick, but um, if he, he – he did make them. So let's just say – I'm just curious about your feedback about guys taking shots at their mentors and or just, you know, Gerard Mayo replacing a legend. What do you, what do you think about all that? Well, I, I just – you know, I, I didn't see the press conference, but I've heard, uh, you know, generalizations about what you're talking about. And uh, I just, I, I really don't understand it. Um, and, and it does fall right in line with this being the ultimate soap opera. It comes across very uh, dramatic for the sake of it. Um, the Patriots moved on. I mean, he's, he's going to go into the Hall of Fame uh as likely the greatest head coach of all time um i mean there's only a few arguments you could make against him in terms of oh so and so has more career wins or something like that but uh but certainly nobody has more postseason success not even close um and uh you know just just to be with one team as long as he was 24 years that's that's an incredible accomplishment um what 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 good comes from kicking him on his way out the door you know it just it 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 feels like manufactured drama to me because it just i guess what i'm saying is when when you take shots at somebody like bill belichick on the way out of your organization you're kind of kicking yourself you know what I mean? Yep. So it's yep. like, I mean, and 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 is it because he's not retiring? Is it because he's gonna go try to be who he is somewhere else that you feel the need to? Uh, I mean, is this part of your plan to wipe the slate clean? Because um, man, you're 
it, I mean, if Gerard Mayo doesn't have a good year next year, it's going to look even worse. And this is the NFL. It's tough. Uh, nothing is foregone in terms of next year's success for anyone. So uh, it just it it it's a little lacking in class. It's a little lacking in foresight, and it just feels unnecessary. Yeah, um, all of the above. Um, I mean, I wish I could say Robert Kraft was a, a classy guy. I think he's come across as that. His ethos in the media, um, in general, has been sort of classy or good owner. And there's no doubt he's been both of those in the past. Um, questionable about the the former, considering some of the things he's done recently. Um, and I mean, you know, him getting the the old, um, you know. Rub and tug down in Florida. <laughs> There's no um, better word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then just, like, disappearing from the media for, like, five years after it, you know. Um, it's kind of crazy to think about that you really haven't seen him, and then he comes up out of nowhere right when he's trying to rebuild his own image of his team, you know, pushing Bill out the door, Gerard Mayo's in. You had said before we got on the podcast, seems like they planned it. They did. Um and that is kind of sad. I said last week I was sad to think about Bill not coaching. And I and I know he's a curmudgeon, and I know he's a jerk, and I know his middle name is William. And that if you use the if you if you think about another name for William for a second, I think you can put it together. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, you know, I I uh, I feel I feel bad that the whole thing kind of happened the way it did, even though he was able to go out and he gave Kraft a hug. It seemed very manufactured and I think that's just the way of saving face here. I, I hope Gerard Mayo's good, man. He has a good reputation around the league and um I don't know. It, there's no there's no offensive philosophy announced. There you know Bill O'Brien left fifteen minutes ago. I don't know if anybody heard that it was breaking news. Bill O'Brien is not the offensive coordinator in New England anymore, he went to Ohio State. And um a lot of changes that are happening in New England. You said if he has a bad year next year, you know, it won't look good considering the words he said about the press conference. I think it's almost in, inevitable that it'll be a bad year. So, That's what um, I mean. It's, it's yeah. Every year, by, by the standards of NFL success, there are more bad teams than good teams. You know, that's just the way it is. Right. Right. So we'll keep an eye on it moving forward. Um, a lot of things shifting up there. There'll be a lot of talk about it, especially as we get into the dark period, as Trevor likes to call it. Well, let me tell you what, brother, brother. <laughs> this is not a dark period right now because it's NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend, brother. And uh, we have we got eight teams to talk about, my friend. Before we get there, let's talk about some things. Uh, actually, well, well, let's go there. Let's go there. I'll I'll talk about the things I want to talk about. Um, and then you can pick the game. But let's start off with the Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens, a nine-point favorite to Baltimore, over under 43-and-a-half. And, a half. and um, I said it – well, I said it to you before we got on. Um, you know, Houston, a dome team, playing in 25-degree weather in Baltimore. In the last 20 years, a dome team has played outdoors in sub-30-degree weather for in the playoffs eight times. Those teams are 2-6, and six, losing by an average of 15 points per game. The two wins, 2014 Saints in Philly and 2005 Vikings in Green Bay. So those are the only two wins um, of a Dome team going on the road and playing a, um, a non-Dome team, I guess you could say. Of course they are. And another uh, stat here, Lamar Jackson historically struggled as a favorite in the playoffs at home, a spot he finds himself this week, 1-3. Um, in the playoffs, uh, I guess it's against the spread, right? I'm, I'm trying to read this, but I need glasses. It's kind of hard for me to see. <laughs> um, and the most playoff, uh, the most playoff losses in the Super Bowl era at home by losing more than 10 points. Uh, would you guess that Lamar Jackson has lost in the playoffs by 10 points or more twice in the Super Bowl era? Um, that's the most. The most. <laughs> no, it's the Super Bowl uh, era. It, there's a lot years. of things to factor into this game, and you're hitting on a lot of the good ones. Um, you know, 
the Texans are on the road in some some pretty nasty weather. Um, I'm 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 not going to make you repeat that stat about the 2005 Vikings. I'm tempted to, but uh, that that felt good. Thank you, Rob. I Do we need to say it again? Me. <laughs> uh, me, do you want me to don't we say it again? You say it the again. 2005 Vikings are only one of two teams to to be a dome team to win on the road in the playoffs. Outside, against and playing an outside sub 20 degree temperature game. Against. 2005 Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it doesn't fix it, but it felt good. <laughs> I tell you. Hmm. Um, but no, so, I mean, when it comes to picking this game, uh, you know, I, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to pick the Ravens. But, uh, and, and as good as the Ravens' defense is against a, a dome team on the road uh, in cold weather, um, I'm still going to take the over here. Uh, I feel like the Ravens scored more than 43 and a half points in their last two regular season games. Um, they're just, I mean, they're putting up big points every week and, uh, whether or not the Texans can go punch for punch for, uh, for a few quarters, um, that's, that's what remains to be seen. So, so for me, the over is easy. It's whether or not the Texans can cover that nine point spread They've been nothing less than impressive, especially on offense, especially here at the end of the season and Super Wild Card Weekend. Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, woo. Woo. <laughs> hmm. um, so, so for me, that's, that's kind of the most interesting. I don't want to say that the Ravens' victory is a foregone conclusion. It definitely isn't. Um, but, you know, when it comes to these games that I don't have a dog in, uh, I get really interested in what I think I can learn. And, and right now, every game that we get to see this postseason featuring C.J. Stroud, we're learning more about just how great a rookie this kid is and, uh, and how bright the future is for him in Houston. Um, just an amazing finish to the year, an amazing week last week. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to see something special out of him, even if they do fall short of a W. Um, I, nine, nine points against the Ravens, who are getting they, they're getting Mark Andrews back, uh, Boomer Sooner. Um, so the Ravens at full strength on offense for the first time in half a season, um, and I just. Mm, I do think the Ravens pull away towards the end. Uh, Nine-point spread, that's so tough. Ultimately, I don't think the Texans are going to be able to keep up. I I do think that I'm very confident in the over here because I do think the Texans are going to find the end zone maybe even three times. Uh, But I expect the Ravens to beat them by 10. Yeah, 10 or more. Hmm. Wow, ten or more. Um, they're, they're just they're, the Ravens are firing on all cylinders right now. Um, I, I the the only thing that concerns me with the Ravens concerns me with every one seed, and that's the bye week. You can't let the bye week become a negative. Uh, you can't let the your team fall out of that rhythm of uh, of getting your head right, and getting up for a game, and going and playing your best football. Um, that, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so counterintuitive to look at it that way, but we've seen that before. Um, but no, I, I do like the Ravens in a dominant win here, especially considering the, uh, the, uh, you know, environment, the condition, the weather conditions. Um, but man, I'm excited to see what CJ Stroud can get done. Uh, cause I think he's just balling out this year. These might be the two best quarterbacks left in the playoffs right now. Uh, and, and I say that with all due respect to uh, Jared Goff and, and Baker Mayfield, a couple of guys I like, um, and, and Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. Um, they're great, some of the best. But uh, I really feel like Lamar Jackson and C.J. Uh, Stroud are playing at that 
there's just a little level above the rest of them. So. Yeah, no question. Um, boy, he's been he's been great. You know, if we ran a boy, if we put a breakdown of the top eight quarterbacks in the playoffs, I'm sure he'd be three or four right now. Uh, C.J. Yeah. Stroud. That is. Here's a little stat. All right, so I shout on. What well, that was the wrong word to use. Pooped on the Ravens here, <laughs> a little bit. But um, here's the thing, right? Only three times in NFL history has there been a MVP quarterback and a number one defense on a team, and they've won the, the Super Bowl all three times. The 72 Dolphins, the 78 Steelers, and the 96 Packers, right? Sorry, Trevor. Yeah. Green Bay had to come back around with some sort of statistic here. <laughs> they so, always do. Um, they, <laughs> they always do. Sounds like there might be something here with that. Uh, I would tend to agree. You can't get a better middle linebacker duo than Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. You know, um, there's a uh, – I can't remember – Justin Azuka Azubaki. I can't remember his last name, but defensive tackle for the Ravens, 11 and a half sacks in the air. They uh, Most sacks in the NFL as a team. Look, I, I don't think this Texans offensive line is very good. I think C.J. Stroud has been excellent um, in terms of just hanging in there and throwing the ball. He threw a pass to uh, Nico Collins last week when he got hit for a touchdown. It was absolutely insane throw. And uh, because of that – uh, I tend to, you know, believe that there'll be some benefit of the doubt for the Texans. However, I just can't pick for, can't pick them, can't pick them. History's against them, and um, it's yeah, Baltimore by. You said the spread's nine. I go, yeah, I would take the over on that spread. Uh, Baltimore would cover it, and over under forty three and a half. Uh, did you go under on that? Where, where oh, were you I went. I went over with confidence. I think. Okay. I think you might see fifty points from Baltimore and twenty one oh, points wow. from Texas. So. Could be a blowout. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely taking the over. Um, The spread was a little tough, but the more I think about it, the better I feel that Baltimore is going to win by 10 or better. Oh, wow. Okay, one last stat for this game for you to consider your pick. Um, Between the college football playoff, the NFL postseason, C.J. Stroud's racked up 622 yards, seven touchdowns this past two games in primetime big stages. Um, Beat the number one total defense last week against in Cleveland. Um, could do it against Baltimore. By the way, they're number one scoring defense, not one total defense. So that's a little bit of technicality. Um, first time that could happen since 1999, Steve McNair. All right, rest in peace. Um, mm. Could C.J. Stroud do it? Um, well, let me tell you, the last college performance he had in the big stage was against Georgia, number one defense last year. So just saying. Has a little uh, – Little chutzpah. I'll take Baltimore. I think CJ Stroud will hang in there and play really well, though. So. Oh yeah, I do um, too. And like I said, I'm I'm I, I don't expect the Texans to upset, but I'm very excited to see what they can do against the number one overall defense. And uh, and I've just I mean, what whatever comes, uh, I I can't can't voice enough how impressed I am with that team and that quarterback. They've just yeah. they've exceeded all expectations. Uh, and getting a win over the team that they traded their predator quarterback to, uh, just a little feather in their cap. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, boy. I mean, it's, they're impressive. There's no question about it. So, moving on, the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers. Spread is nine and a half to San Francisco. Over under fifty and a half. Um, here's a. Um, more stats for you for Trevor. You get your turn. Niners are the only team during the 2023 NFL season to be favored in all 17 of their games. Since 1980, San Francisco uh, will be the 21st team to be favored in each of its regular season games and postseason games. Obviously, they won the Super Bowl six times. Uh, I'm not reading that correctly. Yes. Um, nope, that's right. No, they haven't won the Super Bowl six times. San Francisco will be the 21st team to be favored in each of its regular season games. Six of those 21 teams have won the Super Bowl. Ten have made the Super Bowl. Fourteen have made the conference championship game. And only six of them have lost a divisional round or earlier. These teams average two playoff wins per campaign. So um, something important to to throw out there. I know it's a bunch of history and mumbo-jumbo. It may not matter at all, obviously. But it, these are things to consider when you're making your bets and you're, and you're looking at different things in terms of over-under and how these things are factored. These are the sort of stats and 
history that sort of guides a lot of the decisions we made in terms of spread and over-unders, at least on, at least I like to think that on Vegas' side, but um, nonetheless, um, Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, two of five quarterbacks in NFL history with 30 touchdowns, 4,000 yards in their first season as full-time starter, so of course they're here in the NFC Championship game. Um, the other three, by the way, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Kurt Warner. Not bad, not bad company there. First no, assistant no, quarterback. Not bad at all. You know, uh, yeah, and a guy who sat for a long time. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, what do you think about this game? You know, I uh, I'm going to put my my Vikings emotions aside for this one. Um, the Packers are playing amazing football right now. Uh, They've they've really crescendoed. That's right. I used to be into music. Uh, they've really crescendoed uh, their way through the, the the back nine of the of the regular season and have just been playing better and better and better. Um, it it bugs me how good this matchup is. Um, I I do think that uh, the odds are on on the 49ers to win this one. Um, they are the number one seed. Uh, they've got a little more experience on the roster. Uh, they've got a little more recent postseason success than the Packers do. Uh, and, and that experience matters. Uh, Tom Brady taught us that. Um, I, uh, I think the Packers keep it close. Uh, I'm going to take the over, but I take the Packers to, to keep it less than the nine points. Uh, I think the 49ers don't win by more than a touchdown, maybe less. Uh, this this game could come down to a field goal. This game could come down to an extra point or two-point conversion. I think it's going to be a real tough, really competitive game. Um, I, I mean, def, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty confident that this is going to be a close one. Um, uh, pretty confident in the over the way these two teams are playing. I know I know the Packers' secondary has gotten a lot better here at the end of the year. I know the 49ers have one of the best pass rushes in the game. Um, but, uh, but I do like these teams to score points. I like the over. And uh, I'm going to take the 49ers to win a close one. Yeah, it's a – boy, it's a tough game to pick, man. I think um... – I don't I <laughs> San Francisco at home, you know, Green Bay having to travel there. I mean Jordan Love is from California. You know, it kinda of feels like a home game for him. I I kinda like Green Bay here, but yeah, I, it's hard to pick against San Francisco with a week off, you know. Um Green Bay would be the only this the third team in NFL history if they won this weekend to win, um, to be favored, uh, sorry, to be the underdog by more than seven points and win back-to-back games in which they were underdog by more than seven points, by the way. Since, do you know which team? Since, since, do you know which team? No, I don't. The 2001 New England Patriots. Okay. (laughs) That's right. They they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and the St. Louis Rams. They were both uh, 10-point underdogs in both those games. I think they were like 13 points in that Super Bowl that year. Oh, wow. But, yeah, nonetheless... Um, a lot of these stats sort of against the spread. I, I don't think there's anything really to be said against the spread, but apparently these are stats that if you're looking out for them. Um, here's what I can tell you is that, you know, Jordan Love's been the best quarterback in the NFL for the last seven weeks. It's him and C.J. Stroud. It's not even close. You got a 19-to-1 interception ratio in the last six weeks. Jordan Love does. Um, going against a – yeah, red hot Niners team at the end. I know this is hurting you talking about this out loud <laughs> right now, but this this is a close game, man. And I'll tell you what: if you get a chance, uh, I'll make my pick in a second. If you get a chance to go back and watch the 1998 Green Bay Packers versus San Francisco 49ers divisional game, uh, or was it wild card game? I can't remember which one it was, but um, this is giving me that kind of vibe. Gunslinger, good, solid San Francisco team. And Steve Mariucci was the head coach at the time. It might have been 97 or 96. I, I, I think it could be even earlier than that, to be honest. Sometime in the 90s, mid-90s, Brett Favre was still young. Brett Favre um, had to do Madden good there. Um, and with, it reminds me a lot of those kind of games. So with that being said, 
I'm gonna, I, it's hard to pick against San Francisco. Nine and a half point spread. However, would I be um, surprised if Green Bay came out and just slung it and had success? It wouldn't surprise me. Taluna Hafunga is out for San Francisco. He's injured. You know, heart and soul of that secondary. Um, I, but I think that, you know, you're not playing in Green Bay. You're not playing in a dome. You're going to have a home crowd that's really ruckus. That San Francisco home crowd is really loud. And um, I'll take San Francisco here. Over under 50 and a half. I'll go over. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and I agree a lot about what you're saying. And I can't believe I'm about to say this. But, like, I mean, the Packers, you talk about a tough place to play on the road. And, and I mean, they did it last week. They went to Jerry World uh, where the Cowboys fans are – fired up more than they've been in a long time uh had everybody believing in them including me and yeah they just the packers the both sides of the ball they were effective on offense more than effective on defense and uh and yeah i, I mean it's just it's man the more i talk about it i'm going to talk myself into a packers upset i can't believe it um they just they they like you said he's he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league over the last uh you know seven or eight weeks and it's just oh I hate it uh they're they're playing such good football right now and <laughs> you know being on the road in front of a ruckus home crowd it's I can't uh I can't point to those as reasons and if they get hot if uh if Brock Purdy throws a pick or two that that was really uh one of the themes i think from last weekend that maybe we didn't mention is the team that throws interceptions is the team that loses that's just that's just the way it went um so uh the yeah i mean i'm picking the 49ers and that's my unbiased pick um you know the the vikings fan in me wants a blowout Uh, i don't think that'll happen i think the packers are going to make it a tough game but this no one should be shocked if the Packers continue to roll. I just don't think that's going to be the case. Likewise, likewise. Um, and the last six times the Niners have made the playoffs, they've made it to the NFC Championship game. So, I'll take them. <laughs> yeah. I'll take them. So, moving on. The Where are we at here? Okay, sorry. Sunday afternoon. Uh, a little easier to call this game, probably than the first two we talked about. But Tampa Bay. At the Detroit Lions, a six and a half point favorite to Detroit, over under forty nine and a half. Trevor, you mentioned this before we got on here today. Detroit hasn't won two playoff games since. Well, I think they have two combined well, playoff wins in like seventy is, years. Right? This is the first time in franchise history that they're hosting two playoff games. It's never hosting happened for Detroit before. Okay, and in, and they've combined for like two playoff wins in the last like seventy years, right? Something like right, that, like right. Okay, um, and the last time they went to the NFC Championship game, 1991. Um, actually, they beat Dallas in the first round that year, divisional round, with Barry Sanders and Wayne Fontes, one of my favorite teams of all time. The Detroit Lions are here, and i got to tell you, man, it's um, not by any surprise. Dan Campbell's been a, a great head coach this year. However, um, if you're looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, and you look at the rest of the, some of the actually and Jared Goff to be honest with you, uh, this quote applies as well as anybody in the first in the the playoffs. They wrote me off. I ain't right back though. That was a Geno Smith quote <laughs> when they traded for Russell. They traded Russell Wilson. Um, that was Geno Smith saying that after they traded Russell Wilson, and he made the playoffs last year. Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield got wrote off uh, by their respective franchises, and they ain't right back. You know, no, absolutely. And both won playoff games last week, and here they are, number one overall picks. Um, first time in league history, number number one overall picks have faced off with multiple franchises under their belt before turning thirty. Here they are. No, you nailed game. it. Two former number one overall picks that were, you know, moved on from by the teams that drafted them, and and now look at them. Uh, these are two of the most. Uh, uh, entertaining teams to watch right now. Um, you know, I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan. I, I like him even more in, in the NFL than I did at, at Oklahoma. Um, I think he's become a great player. 
and he's got lots of weapons. Um, and then, you know, Jared Goff, who has been to the mountaintop, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, but he's made it to one. Um, taking the Lions on just by hosting this game is making history for the city of Detroit. Um, so I'm very excited. I, I could get excited about either one of these teams advancing. It's going to be, it's going to be a close game. Uh, uh, I think, uh, I think the Buccaneers are going to give the Lions defense a, a lot, uh, to handle. Um, again, I'm, I, I see a lot of points in this one as, as with most of these games, I'm taking the over. Um, I'd like Detroit to win at home. Um, they just feel a little more stable, uh, when it comes to Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers, uh, they need to be real proud of themselves. They've exceeded all expectations, uh, both, uh, quarterback and the team. Um, but it feels a little more like the, uh, the carriage could turn back into a pumpkin at any moment. You know what I mean? Um, absolutely. So, so I am going to take the lions uh, but I think it's a close one. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to cover that. I think this is a, I think this is a three point win for the Lions, and I think it's going to be uh, down to the wire. This is going to be a game that that's going to entertain for four quarters. Pretty wild. Baker Mayfield has more playoff wins than Lamar Jackson, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty pretty insane to think about. Um, he became the fifth quarterback to start week one for three different teams in consecutive years. The only quarterback of the five aside from Baker to make the playoffs after his first stint, Brent Favre for the Vikings in 2009. <laughs> um, won one playoff game and lost his conference championship game. And here we are, uh, Baker Mayfield with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Miss, miss playoffs, win one. Um, Carson Wentz, Don McNabb, Brett Favre, Kurt Warner. You know, those are the only players that have been uh, consecutive, whatever stat I just threw out there. But nonetheless, um, yeah, um, Detroit at home, going to be a loud crowd, six and a half point favorite, over under 49.5. I'm into it. Uh, take Detroit. I think it's going to be close. I, I, I just don't think these teams are as far off as they appear. Um, and Todd Bowles, I think, is a pretty good head coach. So I think it's going to be under the six and a half point, 49.5. Oh. Probably, geez, Louise, probably under that 49 and a half. All right. It's going to so. be, it's going to be a tight game. A lot of, a lot of, it's going to be very solid, a lot of physicality, a lot of running. Um, Baker Mayfield somehow throws touchdown and like 175 yards. He's one of those quarterbacks. He can have those kind of stats still win, but we'll see how, how it works this week. So, yeah. all right, man. Last game of the week, it's probably one of our favorite rematches. It's the Kansas City Chiefs at the Buffalo Bills, over under 45.5. Spread is three to Buffalo, 20 degrees expected, snowy temperatures probably the, the night before. And um, how could any of us forget about the 42-36 to game a couple of years ago? Um, also, I have no stat for this. I'm going to assume that the refs are going to be involved in this somehow. Um, lastly... First road playoff game for Patrick Mahomes in his career, 15 in a row. Longest streak in the NFL to start your career, 15 in a row playoff games at home. Um, do you think this will be a challenge for him going on the road at Buffalo Oh, in the playoffs? It's, it's definitely going to be a challenge. It's his first ever road playoff game. Um, and, uh, and the Bills are playing really good football again. It kind of came out of nowhere that they were 6-6 six and six and then went on to win their division. Um, the, uh, I, I'm just going to come out and say this, you know, I was, I was talking with a friend of mine earlier today about this game, about this weekend and all the games. And, uh, he's a big parlay guy and, uh, just won't touch this game. And I think that's great advice. Uh, don't bet this game. Don't do it. It's absolute chaos. Every time these teams play. Uh, we've seen how often in the playoffs it's come down to who has the ball last and do they even have 13 seconds left to take it to overtime. It's just, it's just insanity when these two teams play in the playoffs. So don't do it. Don't put money on this game. Um, but I know you will. So 
bet the Bills. Um, and, uh, God, a three-point. They know what they're doing with that three-point spread. Um, yeah, it's, I, if you can, put your money on a push. I think this is a three-point game to Buffalo, and that's how you're going to win. Because uh, if you take the Bills to beat them by more than three, you're going to lose. And if you take the Chiefs to uh, to cover uh, three points, you're going to lose. It's going to be a three-point victory to Buffalo. And uh, definitely taking the over. Um, might even, you know, what are the odds statistically, historically, that this game goes into overtime? It's pretty good. Um, so, oh, man. Uh, but it's also why it's it might be the most likely to be the most entertaining game this weekend. Uh, and, you know, if you're a fan of one of these teams, it's going to be an emotional time. You're going to be on the edge of your seat right until the end. And uh, and if you're not behind one of these teams, just appreciate it for the chaos and entertainment that it is. Don't let yourself be one of those sour pusses that says, oh, I'm tired of seeing this matchup. You're crazy. This matchup is one of the best uh, in in NFL postseason history. Um, two great quarterbacks, two great rosters. Um, and I hesitate to say two great coaches. Andy Reid is a great coach. Uh, the jury's still out for me on on uh, uh, McDermott. Wait, is that his name? No, Sean McDermott. Yeah, Sean McDermott. Um, but uh, but I think this is the Bills. Uh, it's the Bills' turn to advance uh, from this matchup. So I'm taking them to win. Uh, I take them to win by three. I can't I can't pick that spread one way or the other. I think it's a three point game to Buffalo, and I'm taking the over on the 45 and a half. Okay. Um, all right. I'm. You know. Rashi Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, two of the hottest offensive players in the league right now, especially Rashi Rice. The chemistry he has with Patrick Mahomes is unmatched. Not sure Buffalo still has it. I said last week they're my Super Bowl dark horse. That was before I knew they were going to play Kansas City. But this is going to sound dumb, but Kansas City has one day rest advantage. One day rest oh, advantage. Yeah. Of course Absolutely. they do. Of course they do. Of course they do. It's how the NFL works this. Of course, they put them on Sunday to make sure they would have an advantage. Uh, that sounds odd. Then I'm being a conspiracy guy here with the tinfoil hat. However, I'm not. Uh, I'm just not convinced that that wasn't done on purpose. So, um, and if you look at the last year, I don't even want to get into the refs last year, but I feel like they're going to be some advantage here. Um, <laughs> Taylor Swift's going to see a hell of a scene at at uh, Highmark Stadium. On on Sunday, you know, <laughs> traveling to go see Travis Kelsey. Like, oh, I can't wait to see Buffalo and see what it's like. And it's just dudes getting hammered, and crashing through tables on fire. And, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, it's, you know I, I'd like to see you write a write a song for that. I don't know what that would sound like, but um, anyway, um, it's yeah, dude. One day rest. I think that's a big gonna, actually going to give Kansas City a big advantage playing on the on the road. I don't think the cold is anything to do it. They beat they beat Miami. You know, by three touchdowns and negative thirty-five degree weather. I would um, say the the coldest game last week was in Kansas City. Uh, it was, crazy. yeah. That's why I'm taking Kansas City. And I said it last week. I said they slept walked to the end of the regular season and most of the regular season. I think they were just waiting to come in and play their best football in January. Um, and here we are. And I think that's why Kansas City will win this game. Three point favorite to Buffalo. Boy, I think it's going to go in the overtime. They seem to always do over under over forty five and a half. That's just way too low. I'm going to yeah. go over, and um, Kansas City's going to win this game. Yeah, and, and I won't be surprised if you're right. Uh, I mean, I, I went ahead and picked the game the way I can pick it, but I'm coming back to my original statement. Don't don't put money on this game. Don't involve yeah, it don't. in your parlay um, because it's just uh, it's just chaos. Um, it, wh- wh- whoever whoever wins, uh, there's a reason why they're in this game. Uh, they deserve to advance. Um, it, this is predictably year in and year out one of the best playoff games you're going to see. It's just it's just great. It's going to be close. It's going to be good. Um, I'm taking the Bills. Rob's is taking the Chiefs. 
And uh, next week we'll find out who the winner is. Yes, we will, sir. We also will be back next week uh, with more uh, football discussion and hate and hate, 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 hate on the I NFL. Hate, hate, hate. Uh, <laughs> yep. Hate, hate of the year over here. Uh, until then, enjoy the weekend, man. I mean, Jesus is going to be uh, – I mean, it's one of, I, I think divisional round is probably my favorite weekend of the NFL year. I, conference championship, you know, you kind of get a little melancholy because it's going to be over. And the Pro Bowl, Jesus. Uh, yeah, Super Bowl yeah, obviously be a whole other great. Podcast. Be a whole... <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl obviously great because it's fun, um, and you know you just get around, eat a bunch of chips, and have a good time. Uh, but until then, man, you got anything to say to all our friends out there in the interwebs? Oh, just just don't miss a moment of this. Uh, you know, I, I said it so many times last year. The dark the dark times are coming, so uh, savor it, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy it the best way you know how. Maybe maybe the best way you know how to enjoy this game is to put a lot of money on the Chiefs-Bills game, but I advise you not to. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, uh, to get back on the, on the airwaves next week and, and break it all down. All right, well, until then, like, subscribe, share the podcast, leave a review. As you know, it helps us out tremendously. We do this for free, unfortunately. And, um, <laughs> well, we'll keep recording. You keep listening. Until next week. We're out.